Hello, we would like to welcome you to Hopeville Conversations for Women, led by two of our pastor's wives here at Inglewood Baptist Church, Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. It is our prayer that you rest in the hope only Jesus offers through God's Word in our conversations today. Welcome back to Hopefield Conversations. We're so excited that you would just take some time today to join us as we share in this conversation about Daniel. And we're super excited about it. Um, first of all, I'm really excited about it, Carolyn, because Daniel is the name of my grandbaby. <laughs> yes, I know. Right now at this recording, he's seven months. And we just saw him. I know, so I know. <laughs> my, my daughter-in-law FaceTimed us right before we were about to start. And you know what I did? I paused everything and I answered it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth He's it. He's adorable. He's just learning how to stick out his tongue and to crawl and all those fun, fun things. So I love talking about Daniel. He's adorable. <laughs> so another reason why Daniel is so special know, to you. I know, right? <laughs> yes. So going into the book of Daniel in the Bible, mm-hmm. that's who we're actually going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, the topic and theme is, you know, we're going to go into the, the consistency of mm-hmm. Daniel is a lot about uh, the consistency of God's sovereignty that mm-hmm. he points out in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the most high God is rule over the realm of mankind. Mm-hmm. You actually see that in chapter 5, verse 21. But Daniel recognizes that God is in control of all things. And I love this part, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. He he is resolved to stand firm in his faith no yes. matter what. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yes. The book of Daniel is so rich. It's mm-hmm. just, it has so much in there, so many awesome stories and then um, prophecy. So the book of Daniel is kind of divided into two parts. The first six chapters are um, stories about Daniel and then three other Jewish men um, who are living in exile in Babylon. They have been brought out of the promised land by the Babylonians, and they are living there for the Lord in this um, sinful area of Babylon. Mm -hmm. And then the second half of Daniel deals a lot with end-time prophecy and then, you know, just the sovereignty of the Lord over kings and kingdoms of this world. And then ultimately, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, whose kingdom will never end. And so um, it's such an interesting book. If you haven't read it for yourself, read it for yourself. I, I think this is going to change a lot of people's yeah. perspective because it, it, whoever's listening right now, if you're like me, when you think of Daniel, you think Daniel and the lion's den. Yeah, yeah, right? yes. <laughs> Our flannel graph stories from yeah. Sunday school. <laughs> but yes. there is so much more. Yes. Um, and then we're excited to just kind of get into that we with you. We are. Yeah. Let's open up in prayer before Please. we dive yes. in. Lori, thank you so much for the gift of your word. Um, we are so, so blessed to have your word. Um, and that you would speak to us through the Holy Spirit, through your word. And I pray that as we study this book of Daniel, that you um, will show us truths as only you can, and that um, we'll just take those truths and apply them to our lives and live in obedience and service to you. Um, We pray all of these things in your name. Amen. 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 So we talked a little bit about the background of Daniel, but for the purpose of our conversation, I want to get a little bit more narrow on the context. Mm -hmm. And it really goes back to Daniel 1, chapter 1, Mm -hmm. 1 through 5, and it sets the stage for this book. So let me just put it this way. There was an evil king named um, Jehoiakim mm-hmm. of Judah. I need to say that with confidence and nobody will know if I get it that's wrong. That's right, right. That's right. <laughs> so because of all of his evil acts of um, 
all of his evil acts, all of Judah suffered because of this evil king. So God allowed the king of Babylon named Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. I like to call him Neb, <laughs> to overtake the evil king. Mm -hmm. And so we just pick up in Daniel 1, 1 through 7 is actually what I want to read a little bit further than what I just mentioned. But it says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. That, that just already mm. just pokes me in the mm. chest. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the king ordered Aspen. Penaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youths in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had ability to serve for serving in the king's court, and he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them... Uh, we're going to get into that in a second. So yeah. I want you to say who that is. Okay. Pick up in verse, read verse 6 and 7 and then talk about what their names Okay. Mean. All right. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. The chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar. Mm -hmm. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah they called Abednego. Um, so, yeah, these names... I, I love how the Bible, in the Bible, all of name, all of these names have meanings. You right, know, they have right. deep meanings. Mm -hmm. And so these four Jewish men, actually, they were probably boys at this time, teenagers, um, each had a meaning to their name. So Daniel means God is my judge. And I love that. We'll see that yeah. further on in the story. But I love the meaning of that for Daniel. Um, Hananiah is Yahweh is gracious. Mishael is who is or who what is what God is? Who is yeah, what God is? is. Yeah, Sorry. Strange, no, <laughs> yes. Strange house. Yeah, yes. And then Azariah means Yahweh has helped. And they, you know, those names point to the one true God, mm -hmm. um, their God. So when they brought these youths into Babylon, they kind of wanted to redefine them. Right. That was their goal. They took mm -hmm. these good, bright, like the brightest and best out of the Jewish um Land the, out of the promised land, and they brought them into Babylon and tried to educate them to become Babylonians to to represent Babylon. And so, part of that was changing their names. And you have the meanings of their Babylonian names, right? I do. Okay. And ultimately, it defies it defies our God. You know, yeah. it's it, it, they're renamed to um, their mm. idol gods. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel was changed to um, well, you you mentioned it, but you said it so well. Say it again. Belshazzar. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So it probably means Bell protect his life. Mm -hmm. um, and then Shadrach probably means um, a command of Aku, which is a Sumerian moon god. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle, uh, Michelle was, um, yeah, it, it, it was changed probably who is what Aku is, a heathen god again there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Abednego means servant of uh, Nego, 
Nebo, another heathen god. Mm. So I feel like I just taught like Daniel did on the <laughs> no gibberish right there. It's really but it, hard to put that. All it really together. shows the stark contrast it that what does. they were trying to do, especially it with Mishael, uh-huh. who is what God is. You said that yeah, that was who is what yeah. Is. So yeah. they real. I mean, their whole goal, mm-hmm. even in naming these men, was to transform them, to take, uh, to separate them from their beliefs from their their religion and their God. And um, that was their goal, to educate them in the Babylonian right, way and right. to have these men, um, these strong, bright, handsome men to represent Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we think of Daniel too. Um, you know, we'll study some stories of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which we always refer to them as their Babylonian names, but not Daniel. I don't know why. That's interesting. But it? It's too hard to pronounce. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd rather call them their other names. But um, anyways, we we see them kind of as a group. These mm-hmm. um, these believers who stood for the Lord in this um, this city full of evil and sin. Um, and so we know that they were friends. We know they had a close relationship. And I love thinking of that as they go throughout these these trials that are mentioned in Daniel. Um, but yeah, we kind of think of them as a group. So they kind of had an influence over each other. They kind of encouraged each other. Um, and we'll see that play out in some of the stories that we'll study. No, that, that's good. So just kind of focusing back on specifically on Daniel, which also highlights his friends. Mm-hmm. And, but there are some things about Daniel that stands out. So uh, who is he? He's an Israelite son of Judah. He's a youth, no defect, good looking, intelligent wise with understanding and discerning knowledge. He had the ability to serve in the king's court. He understood all kinds of visions and dreams. That's where he stands out a little bit from his friends. And he was a man resolved to stand firm. There it is again, once again, stand firm in his faith, no matter what came at him. And he was entrusted with prophecies, um, just like what mm-hmm. Carolyn, you were just talking about a second ago, the other part of Daniel just really points out right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going into that chapter in chapter one, we see that these men, you know, were um, brought kind of into the king's court. They were offered the king's food and they made that choice to not eat the king's food. And um I know we've all seen different things like, well, what did Daniel eat? Maybe we should start eating like that. Right. And, you know, and, you know, there, there is there's, somebody that came up with the Daniel diet. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it says that he ate vegetables and drank water. That That's great. Those are healthy <laughs> foods. But I'm not sure that's what I was like, intended in yeah, that right. scripture. I, I like meat. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I think really what they were doing is highlighting that choice that they made a choice to be consecrated for the Lord. And um, consecrate kind of came up in my study of Daniel a lot. And so I looked it up because I wanted to know the exact definition. And it means to declare for a divine purpose or to devote exclusively to a particular purpose. And so these men, these young men, I mean, they were probably 15, 16 years old at this time. They knew that they wanted to live their lives in service of the Lord, the one true God. And so even from the beginning, they made little choices like this of, um, not accepting the king's food, deciding what they would eat um, so that they could be ready to be used by him however he wanted to. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily that the food was bad, um, that the other food was bad, but they had a better choice and they chose the better choice. And I think sometimes for us as believers, 
we have to make those kind of decisions. Um, not necessarily bad, a bad choice and a good choice, but maybe a good choice and, a, and the best choice, a better choice for how we can live and serve the Lord. And so that kind of stood out to me as just a little aside um, that these young men already wanted to be set aside to be used by the Lord, and they made decisions accordingly. Yeah, I love that. And and it also made me think a little bit about your body is the temple. Mm -hmm. And it brought me to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you you have from God? Mm -hmm. You are not your own, for you were bought with the price. So glorify God in your body. Mm -hmm. And so they they took that seriously. They did. And and that's just so encouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the other things about um, what they, the foundation of where they started Mm -hmm. their walk together as Mm -hmm. young people. I I just love that picture. Yeah. It also takes me back to uh, Romans 12, one through two. I think Mm -hmm. I've mentioned that scripture on so many episodes, but it must be one of my favorite (laughs) ones. But out of the NIV, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's your true and proper worship, mm-hmm. and that's key. So th- this is neat when I was just thinking about Daniel, going back to him again. They took Daniel's name from him. Mm-hmm. They took his home from him. They took his textbooks from him. But they could not take his God from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So he and his friends were totally resolved in their hearts to obey God rather than man and what others off, uh, you know, others wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. So it's key. You know, we can make a resolve in our minds, mm-hmm. but I think we can get wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mm-hmm. word, right? Yes, yes. We can get wishy-washy. Yeah. But when it's settled in our hearts mm, yeah. and we make that decision, yeah. You know, we can be we can stand more firm. Yeah. And I think we see that played out all throughout this book, mm-hmm. especially in these stories where they highlight these men. Do you want to go ahead and skip to Daniel three about the golden image? Just kinda because yes. oh, yes. there was a verse yes. that came up mm-hmm. in that um going with your your Romans twelve verse, but we'll we'll give a little summary first so we know where we are. But um, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. he was um quite a dramatic and moody, I would say, king. Uh-huh. You'll have to read. split personality. Yes. There. You'll have to yeah, read in Daniel, too, how these men responded to him. Yes. Yeah. He was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a lot a lot of, he would worship the Lord one day, and then he'd want to throw his servants into the fire. It, You know, back and forth. But, Wait a minute. That sounds like me on some day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, going back and forth. I love <laughs> how, yes. Well, what stood out to me is Daniel and his friends kind of, resolve and kind mm-hmm. of calmness. You can see right. that play out in Daniel too. I won't read all into that, but um, yeah, that they were just kind of, they displayed that calm spirit because we know that they had that confidence in the Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, then we get to the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar builds. So he built this golden image and he wanted everyone to fall down and worship this golden image mm-hmm. when the music played. Um, and that really points to his his idolatry, first of all, right. and then his pride, um, you know, creating the statue for his his subjects to worship. But again, we see these men. Um, and so this doesn't mention Daniel in this chapter, but we have the other friends um, here in this chapter. And it's in Daniel 3, um, verses 16 through 18. I love this. So the trumpet blew or the and the music played. 
And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did not bow. They wouldn't bow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Um, because Nebuchadnezzar was challenging them, like, why would you not do this? They said, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. So, you know, Nebuchadnezzar said, whoever doesn't bow, I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace, um, which would mean death. (laughs) That would mean death. And and these men knew that, but they still didn't bow. Um, And so jump down to verse 18. I love this verse. Um, It says, well, the end of verse 17 says, He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So these men knew, they didn't know that the Lord was going to rescue them from death in the fiery furnace, but they still were going to obey him. And I love that verse 18. Um, he can deliver us from the fire, but even if he doesn't, we wouldn't make a different decision. We're not going to worship your idols, your gods, or this golden image. And I I love that. You can see that peace. Um, I think of Philippians 4, verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I think that is so obvious in the lives of these men that their minds and their hearts were guarded by that peace that comes from God. Um, you know, they weren't freaking out. They might have been a little bit on the inside, (laughs) but um, they had that firm confidence in the Lord. You know, he can deliver us, but if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow. I'm still not going to bend at this. Um, And so, you know, they disobeyed Nebuchadnezzar. um, He threw him into the fire. And we know how the story ends, that the Lord protected them. Um, And I love this verse in Isaiah 43. Now, you know, God doesn't promise his children that they won't face um, hardships or they won't face persecution or even physical harm. Yeah, matter of fact, it says when you face yeah. the cross. I mean, go back <laughs> yes. into James, absolutely. Yes, but in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 2, listen to this promise that he does say. He says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned or you shall not be consumed and the flame shall not consume you. I love that. I love that. So he's saying he'll be with us. And we, boy, do we see that in the life here. No matter what. Yes. We see that fourth man in the furnace with these men. And that is just such an obvious, um, an obvious thing of God being with us, God being with those men. So, um, and then in verse 27, I love this, how this story kind of wraps up. It says, um, let's see. The fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. The hair on their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed and no smell of fire had come upon them. So, doesn't that just show God's power? He just goes above and beyond. Because they they were wearing... Plenty of kindling. Yeah. I mean, they had yes. all their clothes yes. on and yes. their cloaks, their That's coats right. and all that, and they went in there. That's right. And it was Nebuchadnezzar that actually saw uh-huh. this mention that he's the one that first mentions that, wait a minute, there's four. There are four in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then this is the verse that made me think of Romans 12, um, that Romans 12 verse you shared. It said, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, bless the God, bless his 
blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted him and set aside the king's commands and yielded up their bodies rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Um, Isn't that just a perfect picture of their bodies being a a living sacrifice to the Lord that they they were willing to sacrifice everything for him? Right. And it it makes me ask, wonder the question of how far would we go? Mm. How, you know, would we, (laughs) would we sacrifice much for the Lord? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I'm not going to try to answer that, but (laughs) something to ponder on. It's, that's heavy. Yeah. That's, that's heavy when when you start thinking about that. It is. And I think about um, these three men, I don't think they made the decision to follow the Lord right as the trumpet blew. I think this is a decision that they had been living their life. Um, with the, they had chose chosen to live their life for the Lord, and so this decision it was hard. They knew the consequences, but in a way, it was kind of like a no brainer because this is this is how they live their life. Of course, they're not going to serve or worship other gods or bow down to other gods because they belong to the one true God. And so um, that makes me think that I, you know, I need to start making those kind of decisions for myself now before I'm faced with a, a really big challenge. You know. What do I believe? Where do I stand? Um, am I firm in my foundation in the Lord? And, um, you know, following him, even if it costs me something. It's about knowing what, what you believe and why you believe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times we can find ourselves, well, yeah, I believe this. And if you were asked the question, well, why is that? Mm-hmm. Are you being stomped and you don't really know? If you're stomped, I would encourage you to yeah. go search through the Word yeah. and find the answer to that question. Why do you believe this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because that's what's been preached. That's what I've heard. And I've read this in a devotion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do you yeah. believe this to be true? Yeah. Where does it say in the Word and for you to be able to go back and defend that? Because I mm-hmm. think that really helps us have that resolve like mm-hmm. these young guys did yeah. You know, early on and when we have a resolve to walk with Christ, to know Him more intimately, to um, to seek out His Word, and I know you know it's a struggle to understand a lot of this stuff, but God mm-hmm. gives us understanding mm-hmm. when we ask That's for right. it, and we continue to pursue it and be consistent in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the um, things that I love about Dylan because it just it hits a personal spot for me mm-hmm. is one of the main themes I found just as him as a person mm-hmm. was that he was a prayer warrior. Yes. He was an intercessor. Yes. Um, you know, in Daniel 6, we learned that Daniel began distinguishing himself. And that's where I, it caught me. Mm-hmm. He was distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to say that. Satraps. satraps. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. And that's what mm-hmm. I love that term. Mm-hmm. He had an extraordinary. There was something different yeah. about him. And that other people could see it, even non-believers. Yes. Isn't that so interesting? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so because of all that, the king actually planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom Mm -hmm. and so others became jealous Mm -hmm. i mean isn't that i mean that still happens today when you rise up Mm -hmm. and others like well i wanted that position Mm -hmm. i deserve that position i want all that glory and all that Mm -hmm. but david what daniel wasn't even seeking that Mm -hmm. he was just being faithful to his god Mm -hmm. and so 
Um, as they became jealous, we'll see in Daniel 6, 4 through 5, it says, Then the commissioners and satraps uh, began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to the government affairs. But they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was faithful. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to be said about you, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then so that, and no, no, no um, negligence or corruptions was to be found in him so then these men said we will uh, not find any ground of accusation against this daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his god Mm -hmm. and so that that steps into where he was actually faithful to be praying Mm -hmm. that's right so by now daniel's much older you know Mm -hmm. he had been in the empire probably around 70 years serving in this empire and he had you know um God had shown him favor in the eyes of the king and, you know, he'd been promoted. But um, in Daniel 6, verse 10, so these men, you know, made a law outlying prayer because they knew that they could trap Daniel into that. Um, I think that's so funny. To It speaks so much of his character that they knew Daniel would continue on in obedience to the Lord. That's a big deal. Yeah, right, it's right. a big deal. Don't we all want that to be said about Yeah, us? even, yes, for these men that, you know, probably didn't know the Lord and mm-hmm. just to see that in his life. But um, in verse 10, it says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed or that the law had been signed by the king, he went into his, ha- his house. He had his windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. I think there's so much in that verse to, to think about, but um First of all, that Daniel knew that this document had been signed. He knew mm-hmm. the consequence of this this decision to pray and continue on praying. Um, and so he knew that decision. And then that he got down on his knees to pray. Um, one of my study notes said that, you know, a lot of times in the Bible we see people standing to pray. Right. Um, you know, it's a respectful way to pray. But um, when somebody fell on their knees to pray, it really showed seriousness and like solemnness um, as they were praying. And they referenced Luke twenty two forty one, where Jesus knelt to pray in the garden. And so you can know that Daniel knew um, the weight of this decision. He wasn't like, oh, I'm not worried about it. God will take care of me. He knew the weight of this decision. He knew the consequence of this decision that he could um, be put to death. And so even though he did that, even though he knew that, uh, he chose to obey the Lord anyway. And I love that it says, as he had done previously, because it shows that continued relationship with the Lord, that that was a an ongoing thing. It wasn't a new thing for him. He had always lived his life praying and um, being obedient to the Lord. I mean, now for probably over 70 years had done that. And so he continued that. And just because the law had changed, Daniel's relationship with the Lord had not changed. That's so, good. you know, yeah. it wasn't going to change just because it was outlawed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, he had been so far removed from the province land for all these many years, but that still, uh, he still had that steadfast relationship with the Lord and um, that strong faith. In right. And because of that, because that's where the lion's den comes into mm-hmm. play there. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, the king actually uh, mm-hmm. had to obey by what he agreed yeah. to and he put him in the lion's den. But this is cool because in Daniel six sixteen it says the king spoke and said to Daniel, your God, whom you constantly serve, mm-hmm. will himself deliver you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that begs the question, are you consistently spending time with God? Mm-hmm. 
You know, mm-hmm. evaluate today even, mm-hmm. not yesterday or what you're going to do, but how are you in your relationship with God and mm-hmm. spending time with Him? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then why why was this so important to Daniel and why should it be important to us? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought of a couple of scriptures to convey that, you know, kind of answer that for us. And it's Colossians 4, 2. talks about devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then Luke 18, 1 says where Jesus tells his disciples a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up, which made, made me think about so often we get weary of praying and we want to give mm-hmm. up. But God says, don't. Don't yeah. ever give up. I'm doing a bigger work than you even know right now. Mm-hmm. And then First Thessalonians five seventeen reminds us to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. So again, why is it important for us to pray? Why maybe was it important for Daniel? Mm-hmm. You know, we pray because we we love him. Mm-hmm. You know, we demonstrate our love for him by spending time with him in his word. Mm-hmm. And through prayer, we receive comfort and strength that draw. It ultimately draws us into a more dependent. Uh, an intimate relationship with with him, mm-hmm. and prayer allows us to resist temptation. I think that's yeah. that's key because all these dudes they they were te- they who mm-hmm. knows they may have been tempted to eat from the king's table. Absolutely, I mean they were humans. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, they were tempted to eat from the king's table. They were probably tempted to save themselves. You know, they could have made excuses um, about bowing down to the idol. You know, if I don't bow down, then I can live and I could. Serve the Lord in Babylon longer. You know, we they could make excuses like that. I don't know whether right. they did, but those are kind of some excuses that come to my brain when I am right. trying no, to get out of something. Exactly, and, exactly. Um, yeah. And to bring it down on a totally different level there within temptation, could I even dare to say um, when we've, we're going to spend time with the Lord, we get tempted to draw away and not spend mm-hmm. time with him. And it, and can we apply 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that it's not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now that's mm-hmm. talking about a different kind of temptation, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking about the principle to draw out of that mm-hmm. of when we're tempted to be drawn away from God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because something else seems more important right mm-hmm. now. Something else needs to take a greater priority. Yeah. But God provides a way out of that for you to go, you know what? Is that supposed to take priority over what I just committed before the Lord and said, I'm going to spend time with you? Mm-hmm. You know, put that phone down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there I mean, are things you can yeah. do to do. To, to, Steer from that. Yeah. And Daniel, I mean, Daniel saw the importance of prayer. Like we mm-hmm. see that play out in his life. Mm-hmm. He he was willing to die to obey the Lord and speak to him through prayer. And, you know, what a gift prayer is. I think we kind of lose sight in that, um, especially in our Christian life. We kind of we kind of are tempted to scoop prayer aside. Mm-hmm. Um but what a gift that God gave us, you know, all those things you listed and, and just talking with the Lord is such a, a gift to us um, and that we can communicate with him and just pour out our heart to him. That's such a blessing. So don't don't miss out on that opportunity. I know. It yeah. is, it's pretty crucial as a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. But to go to another level with Daniel and prayer that I mm-hmm. saw in here, uh, we find it um, in chapter 9 of Daniel. So one of my favorite parts is when Daniel was around 90 years old and he was reading, get this, he was reading the word in Jeremiah 25, 1 through 14. Mm-hmm. That's 
That's so cool to actually see. And God caused him to see that his people would be in Babylon for 70 years. And there were only two years left of those 70 years. And as he did, he immediately went into prayer and praise to God. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what arrested me in that part right there. Mm -hmm. So when he realized that scriptures were alive and active and that Mm -hmm. God opened his eyes to see, he was in the midst of this prophecy about to be fulfilled and completed. Mm -hmm. You know, we we can apply Acts six four, which talks about, um, um, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So, in other words, the word of God and prayer they just go hand in hand; they, they go together. Yeah. And so Daniel's prayer is a great example of intercessory prayer as he confesses his own sins and the sins of the people. See, if you go and read that, you'll see that he reviews Bible history and confesses that the nations have been wicked and God has been righteous to judge them. And afterwards. He continues to pray for Jer- Jerusalem. So he, he acknowledges God mm-hmm. and what he's been doing, their wickedness, need of repentance. And then he starts interceding for Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So and one one other thing, and, and I'll, I'll wrap this up mm-hmm. on this right here, but Daniel knew of God's great promises to end the captivity and to take the Jews back to their land. So Daniel turned these promises, catches into believing prayers. Mm-hmm. Daniel took these promises into believing prayers. Mm-hmm. And he he really ends this praise, which I really encourage you to go back and read this, mm-hmm. with three pleas. He, he says, Oh, Lord, hear, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, forgive, period. Oh, Lord, listen and take action, mm-hmm. period. I mean, how many of us recognize what's going on in this world today mm-hmm. or in our personal lives or in our family's lives or in our churches mm-hmm. that we need to offer mm-hmm. these pleas mm-hmm. before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I think all throughout this book of Daniel, like we said, please go back and read it. There's so much wonderful stuff all throughout the scripture, but Daniel's just a really special book, but um, that we see God is involved in the affairs of nations. He's involved in our own affairs. Nothing surprises him. He has a plan. Um, No evil leaders can get in his way. No wars, no um, events, no unrest, no election. (laughs) Nothing can get in his way, the way of his plan. And so, you know, just his his complete and total control over the affairs of nations and kingdoms and kings, and then looking forward to that kingdom that will never end and that we know is coming soon. Um, I think that's one one thing that really stood out to me. And then another thing is just believers must stand even if we're standing alone. And I think before we started, we were talking about how believers, you know, we're going to stand out more and more as the days go on, I think. Um, people who stand for biblical truth and um, stand firm in their faith, we're going to stick out a little bit in a world um, that we live in. But um, I thought it was so important to remember that, you know, when we stand for biblical principles, it's, it's not that we're standing up for God. God doesn't need us to stand up for him. He's going to handle that. Um, there's a day coming where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. But by um, standing up, we're just, you know, we're, we're saying that we have a life lived are ruled by the Lord. We're standing for the Lord. We're standing in our faith in the Lord. Um, and so, yes, that'll cause us to stand out and stick out a little bit. But those are those decisions that we have to make, those little decisions like Daniel and his friends made all throughout the book of Daniel. Um, 
those little decisions that consecrated themselves for service for the Lord, I think are so important. And that's important for us to make those decisions too. It is, it is. And yeah. one thing, I, as you're talking, made me think too, for those that might not be able to relate to Daniel, mm-hmm. I mean, he was intelligent and good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, please, Lord. <laughs> But but with with all those accolades of, of mm-hmm. who Daniel is and his friends and stuff like that, there's something really cool that um, is spoken about Daniel that I want us to remember for ourselves is spoken about us from the Lord, how he sees us. So, you know, there's different translations that uh, use uh, words that convey how Daniel was viewed in God's eye. And I'm referring to chapter 10, verse 11. Um, and who's speaking to Daniel at this point is this man may have been the angel Gabriel. Um, and you can look back and see where I got that from was Daniel eight sixteen and 12, 6, if you want to go back and reference that. But it talks about um, he was a man of high esteem. Daniel mm-hmm. was a man of high esteem. And it, that's how it conveys it in the New American Standard um, version. Mm-hmm. But then the ESV version says, he's a man greatly loved mm-hmm. and the CSB version is a man treasured by God and then the New Living Translation uh, you are very precious to God and what while we might not fully be able to relate and understand fully Daniel God says you are greatly loved he says you are treasured by God and you are precious in his sight so he knows uh, what you are struggling making a stand on right mm-hmm. now today. He knows your struggle of spending time with him in the word, in the uh, in the word and praying. He knows that you struggle trying to find words to even pray and talk to him. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, regardless of those struggles, he still loves you. Mm-hmm. And if you just spend some time in his word and you go back to that and and allow God's word to um, speak volumes to you and get something settled of your faith and your beliefs that when Carolyn was talking Mm -hmm. earlier about getting shored up in that Mm -hmm. before trials come is so Mm -hmm. critical and I know we've mentioned that before um, but it's just that important to mention that so Mm -hmm. yeah yes Man, I have loved this discussion on the it's book of good. Daniel. He is. There's so much we didn't cover. There is. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back. Maybe I'd love so. to come back yeah. to this yeah, book. Yeah, that'll, that'll be really cool. But yeah, I'll go ahead and close this in prayer. Okay, thank you. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of your word and for um, these stories and these uh, testimonies of your faithfulness in the lives of those who believe in you. And I pray um that these ladies that are listening, that they have received something that um, challenges them and encourages them as only your word can. And I pray that um, you will help us remember that you are faithful, um, that you are worthy of all our trust and obedience, and that nothing ever surprises you or um, throws you off. You have it all under control, and we are so thankful um, and blessed to be called yours. And I pray that as we live our life, we will stand firm um, in the truth of your word, um, showing love and uh, communicating the truth of your gospel as we go throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Can't wait to um, get on to our next topic. Until next time. Yes. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversations today. 
If you would like to contact Jody or Carolyn, you can email them at hfc at inglewoodbaptist.com. You may need to speak with a pastor, and you can reach out to them at next at inglewoodbaptist.com, and a pastor will be in touch with you soon.